millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. Hello. Goodbye. That's the show for the day. We'll see you next month. Yeah, how many times have we told that joke? Like ten. Like never, ten. Something like that. I don't know, man. We are starting a cold. That's great. I'm Jake. Mitch is coming, but he's not here yet. Navi is running around. And this is the part four of Aleister Crowley. It is. Are you I guys can't ready? have you texted. I can't have you texted, man. I'm texting. David's actually texting me right now. Man, fuck you. David, uh, believe it or not, he caved and he bought an Xbox. He's been a PlayStation stand for way too long. Yeah, it has. But we are here for Aleister Crowley. Part four. Part four. All right. And you know what? I know it's been it's been a long ride, but it's it's happening again next week. Yes. And that'll be the final one, I think. Strap in for at least one more. Um, it's not going to be that. I feel like a lot of the harder stuff to kind of follow is is a little past. It's I mean it gets harder. I'll say this, but it's also more fun. You know, a little bit, yeah, and yeah, it's a lot more. Uh, I mean, if you can believe it, it's a lot more out there than what's already occurred. A little bit, yeah. Um, so it's these last two parts. They're definitely gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, this will officially make it the longest series we've ever done. Yeah. Um. Wait, what about uh, Skinwalker Ranch? That, that was that only five? four. <gasps> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And this is just a guy. Yeah, that was a whole fucking, place. Yeah, Skinwalker Ranch is a fucking shit show over there. Yeah, th- this is one guy. Um, so, yeah, we're really going to have to shift gears we're, for a while after yeah. this, I think, to just to avoid uh just a single individual for you know a, a week or two I think we may have to just do a, a fuck off episode just kind of like whatever no it'll have we'll to just happen, we'll just is, talk it's very long but it's it's worth it I promise kind of sick of reading about this guy but it is interesting and I'm excited to get into it oh yeah no, you, you guys, know, this is gonna be a good one this is gonna, this be, is gonna be a good one so we last left off with Crowley being married fucking in the pyramid of Giza channeling his guardian angel Aoas to write the book of the law which he chose to sit on for a while had a kid traveled all around the world for no reason whatsoever baby died uh, he had another one and then he left Rose and the child Ooh. starting a new magical order uh, abusing Noidberg both both physically and emotionally opening his drug-filled sexy poetry rituals to the public and began getting traction on name recognition 
and so decided that it was time uh, to finally release the Book of the Law onto the world or something, uh, you know, or or soon, if nothing else. Yeah, it's it's out there, you know. It it's would com- be into it, it. It took until 1912. That's okay, though. You know, it took its time, but it was pro- maybe worth it in somebody's eyes. It's true. So we're gonna talk about sex magic, all right? Yeah, I hope you guys are ready. Because this is this is, we're getting into his like nitty gritty, you know. Yeah, this I, is it. Sex magic is it's fun. Um, the idea I want you to know. I think we said that. Honestly, I don't even remember what we said in part one because it's remember so long ago. Um, but the idea of magic that we're talking about in the this series and this episode specifically, it's not sleight of hand like magician magic trick stuff you know yeah it's not like oh the ball's in the glass how'd i get it out yeah i think you kind of probably picked up on that already that this is far beyond that realm of magic yeah Um, and this has a lot to do with intent and belief in oneself and then the world reacting to the magician doing these things like that kind of thing yes super rudimentary explanation but there you go and what's funny is uh, sex is a huge, huge part of this type of magic in general. Oh, yeah. Um, And if it's not sex, you know, with, you know, a partner, it's masturbation or some type of sexual energy is seen as a very potent form of energy that can manipulate the universe. It's cum. Yeah. It's cum. That's that's what... We'll get into it. Yeah, cum is very important. Yeah, cum is like huge. It's great. Everyone loves it. Yes, we're going to talk about sex magic. Around this time, uh, Crowley and Neuberg decided to perform an Enochian ritual that would push through some sort of uh, barrier in the way of enlightenment, okay? Okay. So it's super simple. Pretty good. And uh, what what better place to do this than the Algerian desert? That is an interesting location. Maybe uh, a Fuddruckers or something. I would go there just to kind of hang out and see what it's all about. You oh, know? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, anyway, uh, the uh, the ritual was underway, and Crowley was doing his thing, you know, when suddenly all he could see was darkness. That's, that wasn't the plan. I feel like enlightenment is not dark, would it you say? Sh- I, I mean, I guess it could be. There's probably a significant portion of it that it, it you think requires it's a, it. Yeah, do you think it's a matter of, like, preference? Like, oh, if you're, like, a, a, a goth... Doing an enlightenment thing, you think it's just like this is where I this is where I live. I think a lot of this magic shit, um, it, it, a lot of it is just personal preference. You know, it's yeah, like, it's like you make the practices work for you. These are the rules, but if you don't like that, we could tweak it and you could do it your way instead. There you go. There you go. So he, suddenly he was like, "Oh, it, it all went black. And something's wrong." Crowley then ordered Neudberg to assist him in building an altar dedicated to the Greek god Pan. We all Ooh. know that guy, Mr. Goatlegs. Oh, yeah. All right, he's playing uh, the, the, pan the flute. flute. The Pan flute. Oh, my God, that's where that comes from. I, I never even put that together. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I don't know if that's like the origin, but it, it, it is. It better be, it yeah. Is. I mean, how much farther back could it go? Uh, apparently, this uh, was basically a pile of stones. That okay. he, yeah, him yeah. and Neuberg are constructing. But it's the intent that matters, right? So, But in order for the altar to work, you know, any altar uh, dedicated to Pan, mm-hmm. there needed to be a sacrifice, sacrifice. for Pan. Yeah, you need to sacrifice it all. Uh, and, you know, they were in the desert, so there's no sacrificable animals 
just like in the desert that aren't either extremely small or lethal or both. Yeah, like spiders and scorpions. Yeah, and that's like, like all they got right those there. Sidewinder snakes that like burrow themselves down and shit. Yeah, maybe like some giant fucking like camel spider, like you know, like some fucking Harry Potter looking shit. There you go. But yeah, you're, there's not like cows or you know goats just chilling. Yeah. So you know what, Crowley, in in this moment of panic, he had an idea. So so Crowley got this idea. Uh, if he couldn't sacrifice an animal, you'd have to sacrifice something else. What do you, what do you think that was, Grant? Fat loads of hot steamy cum. Yes. Just, I'm talking. Yes, gobs. it was come. It was come. He had to come. Uh, he immediately told Neuberg. Ropes, ropes of fat, sticky pipe jizz. Yeah, he wanted Neuberg's. Neuberg's that. Yeah, he wanted that. He was like, "Dude, you gotta fuck me in the ass." Is what Crowley said to Neuberg. Uh, because sex was spilling of the seed, and the seed being spilt into an anus means there's no life grown from that seed, right? That's so like. That's Neuberg. Stupid. Coming into Crowley's asshole would be a sacrifice. He it was he was enlightened to this. But therefore, if if he would have explained it in that sense, you really could just masturbate, or the ultimate sacrifice that wouldn't be any form of manipulation to get sex. You could just cut your fucking balls off. What? Well, then there's no more. That's the cum factory. Yeah, but it's the ultimate sacrifice. You know, you're you, you only get one though. Yeah, but it's so much more powerful than just a load in the fucking bum. Grant, Neuberg fucked him in the ass, okay? And it was a sacrifice. I'm starting to think... <laughs> All right? I'm starting to think that Crowley just really wanted to get fucking piped in the ass and just came up with excuses to do it. Oh, definitely. And that's still, how it worked. all of this happened. He was just like, you know, Pazuzu will give you a hand job if you fuck me in the ass. And they're like, what does that mean, Mr. Crowley? He's like, just fuck me in the ass so right just now. Just do it. Just do it. Come in me. I want to fart cum for a month. <laughs> this was getting crazy. All right, a lot so, of cum. A lot of cum talk. <laughs> so after this was done, Crowley claimed that he saw the secret chiefs in a vision and he joined them as one of them. So it worked. All right, it was. It was a sacrifice. Okay. Okay. okay we're cooking. Do you accept that now? Cooking some food. Yeah, there we go. Who what are the secret the chiefs? Chief? They're the leaders of the Golden Dawn and all that you know, stuff. They're on the, the, uh, the unattainable tier. We got, like, Chief Wiggum. We got, like, Chief... I don't fucking know who else. Chief Wiggum's in Chief Bagelhart. Yeah, um, he's there. Yeah. He was there for a while, but he left. He had to go He had to go pursue his, you know, internal butt fantasies. Yeah, well, of course. That movie had a... That dildo scene, that still sits with me. You the, know? In the wrong Ferrari? Yeah, that still sits with me pretty hard. It was like just playing lot. butthole surfers, and he just sticks it up his ass, and then it, it just cuts off. What does he say? He's like, he's like, I've seen in the light, or something like that. Something really weird. There's no, uh, no lure Oh, Adam Green. In. Dude, that seems like a Crowley thing. It no, does seem like a Crowley thing. It probably was. To just bend over and be like, insert. They didn't have dildos like we do now, though, back then, you know? They just used ears of corn. Like, what did Crowley say about anal sex? Oh, it was the most, uh, what is it, like, holy and amazing thing to ever exist or something like that yeah, that's kind of like what adam green said about that dildo scene after he got fucked in the ass yeah maybe he was channeling it dude people yeah. like getting fucked in the ass it's clearly it, it's clearly popular okay because as Could time goes be? on more and more people turn to that side maybe we got to get in on that maybe we got to learn more about getting fucked that's what in the i was ass. saying the first time we said this i was like that sounds actually great i'm thinking we we got to start moving into that you know who knows 
some things moving around. It's going by like uh, I don't know, like a strap on or something. You know, that way it's not uh, two dudes. It's just you know, it's a, it's a dildo. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, obviously, just like us, Crowley was just shown the power of sex magic. Yeah. Because we just became obsessed with it for a good thirty seconds. That was crazy. 30. I'm still obsessed with it. There we go. I'm just being quiet because I'm plotting how I'm going to get it in my butt. There we go. Well, it was nothing like he'd ever experienced before. And as for Noidberg, this little magical experience uh, caused him to actually fall truly in love with Crowley. Oh. So he's just in love with this guy. And this newfound love uh, his magical for his magical master, you know, would cause him to do uh, anything that he asked. So Noidberg is in the palm of Crowley's hand at this point. Right? Yes. <laughs> you gotta stop texting, man. I'm just I need your head in the game. Dude, my head is in the game. I'm listening to all this shit. And you know what I'm thinking right now? I've been saying I this. I gotta since, go on my phone. I've been saying this since episode one, okay? And I'm gonna continue to say it. And I'm not gonna draw it out uh, as much as I probably will next week. Again. It's all just nonsense. It's all sexual <laughs> yeah, but it's nonsense. Fun. This is a fun time. This is Bill Schnoblin, but with they dotted their eyes and crossed their T's. That's what they did, you know? Maybe it's real. I don't know. I'm not going to question it. I'm certainly not going to try to fuck with it. But looking at it objectively, you're just like, this guy is... Something's wrong with him. Yeah, but maybe something isn't wrong with what he's doing. And he's, so he not, just the real world all effects. that money on... Um, all these crazy expeditions and experiences just so he could take it in the ass. It was mostly books with expensive paper. Uh, I, I'm in, I'll tell you this. The guy's driven. He is far driven. far more ambitious than most people we've ever talked about on this show. No, you're right. He's probably the most ambitious one we've ever had. Yeah. He's on a new level. He's on a new level. That, yeah, many terror Mitch is here, by the way. One. I know you heard him talk, but I said earlier he wasn't here. He's here now. Yeah, he wasn't, and then now he is. Yeah. Explain it all happened that. at once. So, I mentioned the barriers to pass through on the way to enlightenment, right? So these, in Anakian belief, were known as aethers. Or ethers. I think it's aethers. Uh, I believe there are 30 of them to get through until you reach enlightenment, and Crowley and Neuberg were about to face the 10th. Right? So they got a long way. They're about, they're they're about to be about a third done, you know? About to be. The first third is always the hardest, I hear. Yeah. You know, when you're dealing with these fucking guys. Yeah, no, they don't seem like two people that you'd want to be around. That's another anal sex reference. Once you get that one third in, the rest just slides right in. I would imagine, yeah. That's the hardest part. You got to get it in, then boom, it's just, ooh, there it goes. Yeah. You don't even notice it at that point. You done? Yeah, you know, (laughs) what do you think? I'm thinking about butt sex now, so how how well do you think they thinking about butt sex down there? You think? I don't think they cleaned think up. Noidberg Crowley had a really shitty poopy dick. Yeah. yeah. See, no, I'm of thinking course. that. Here's the thing about anal sex, right? Um, you gotta do it right. Here's the thing: you can try to clean it out as well as you want, but that's where the poop lives. That's the poop house. You know, it's like regardless of what you do, it's in there. Unless you fist yourself to get up in there and clean it, it ain't gonna co- get clean. You should do the enema. So, as long as you thoroughly wipe and like clean the general area. Whoever's the person inserting, they're responsible for the cleaning, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I think Noid... What's his name? Noidberg? Noidberg. Noidberg. Not I, no D. He actually, he actually gave Crowley a, a natural enema 
Uh, he pissed in his ass every time before they had sex. That'll clean it you out. It could be. It's I have sterile. no knowledge of that, but it could That's be. That's actually not true. I just made that up. He did. It's sterile, though. Urine is, it's a good, uh, I don't know if it'll Is clean. it? It's only good for jellyfish, I thought. Well, that, that like, helps reduce the swelling, but uh, urine is sterile. You could drink it. It ain't going to kill you. Hilarious. It's, it is what it is, you know. You could live your entire life just drinking your own urine, and then your body's just like a well-oiled recycling machine. I'm no doctor, but I think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, once uh, once one reaches the 10th Aether, uh, one must face a demon named Koronzon. Ooh. Isn't that fun? It's like Doom, the video game. You just got to beat the stages to get to the big boss. Yeah, Koronzon definitely sounds like a, a boss. Koronzon. Uh, keeping in line with his increasingly extreme ways of carrying out these rituals and evocations, rather than simply summoning Koronzon... Crowley and Neuberg hatched a plan to have the demon possess Crowley. Perfect. So he's like, just just come on in. Come on in, bro. Come on in. Can you possess the willing? You know, like, is it the same potency as the non-willing? That's a good question. Like, you know, I feel like part of the draw of possession is that, like, they don't want it. So that's what makes it so powerful. But, like... If you're asking for it, yeah, they could do it. But it's like, is it going to be as fun, you know? I feel like it's, like, a matter of, like... I don't know. It's like intent on whether or not you're in the the triangle of evocation when they are like evoked. No, you have to be. That, that's so obvious. yeah. So like, but if someone like is accidentally in it, it's like then they're yeah, it's against their will or whatever. But if you stand in there, it's like, well, this is the only place I can go. I can't like appear next to this guy. I kind of look at it like fishing. You know, it's like when you go fishing, the fun is the patience and like the trying and the reeling. If the if if a fish jumped into your boat, like yeah, you succeeded, but it's nowhere near as fun, you know. No, it's true. Yeah, those That's videos the they it. they're good for content, just yeah. watching, but they're dead inside. Anyway, on December sixth of nineteen oh nine, having uh, again returned to the Algerian desert, the two began their plan. Okay, Neuberg first created a circle of protection using the blood of three pigeons that they brought with them from home. Oh, they had to bring them, you see. Yeah, yeah. see, they learned from last time. They were just like, oh, we had to come last time. Maybe I'll just bring these pigeons. He's like, I'm surprised he didn't just abandon that. And he's like, no, come is better. I promise. It's <laughs> way better. <laughs> but to make a whole circle of protection out of cum, that's a lot of cum. Dude, you could that's do it. That's a lot of cum. If you really tried, you could do it. Well, how thick of the circle do you need? How thick, you how say? Thick yeah. of the- <laughs> it's not like building a wall with yeah, these lines. Yeah, like it's so, <laughs> just in one load would probably do it. No, no, no the best no, way... No. How much do you come, dude? <laughs> Jesus Christ. The best way to do this would be to get a bucket, and you guys, everyone's got to come in the bucket, and then, you know, you dip a finger in there, and then you draw the circle with the butt. You can't come and try to move and, like, go around. It's too unpredictable. No, it's true. The circle will never be complete. You know, you have to draw it after the cum has been produced. Yeah. Well, sadly, he didn't use cum. He used the blood of three pigeons. It's not as fun to make, but it's not nearly it's as fun. probably just as effective. So, yeah, Neuberg was doing that, and Crowley created a triangle of evocation. I have oh, a, a notification from evocation. fantasy. Evocation, yes. So, uh, after some magical words and waving of a dagger around, uh, both Neuberg and Crowley claimed that they heard the words, Adam spoke in the Bible to open up the gates of hell. Yeah, yeah, no, I heard that too. Yeah, yeah, what did you hear? Yeah, Adam opened the gates of hell. Yeah. Or something. No, it's, it's Zazas, Zazas, Nasatanada, Zazas. Don't know what that means. I'm sure it means But it something. opens the gates of hell. 
What if like right now? Yeah, we just got portal decimated. There's portal. No, dude, we don't have pigeon blood. We got none. None of the first steps, you know. We're on like a demon watch list now, but they they can't do anything. Oh yeah, we yeah. didn't offer the right thing. What's the difference? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And so what came then was Karanzan possessing Crowley, just as they just as they'd planned, right? Who then began <laughs> right into my trap. He's like, ha, ah, you fucking idiot. Uh, he then uh, began attempting to coax Neuberg from the protective circle. All right, so Karanzan did this while uh, possessing Crowley's body, right? By first turning into the woman who Crowley had, like, convinced Neuberg had loved him earlier in that story where he, like, emotionally abused him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he fucked her, and it was like, Jesus Christ, man. Uh, So he first turned into that, and she was like, ooh, I'll I'll be your slave. And he didn't didn't like that. So then uh, he turned into an old man. Yeah, of course. I'll be your slave. I'll be your slave. Mr. Slave. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, so then turning into an old man. And then he turned into a snake. What <gasps> the fuck? A snake? That's like, uh, that's awesome. That's, that's all that is. <laughs> okay. And then uh, he turned back into Crowley as himself dying of thirst. Oh, dying of thirst, you say? Dying of thirst. And then Karanzan just started talking shit about Crowley's guardian angel, Aeos. Oh, Aeos. He was like, that's that guy's awesome. an idiot. He fucking never got picked at dodgeball. Why is Navi out there? I don't know, if you I don't know what Navi's that. doing out there, man, but it's not good. He's struggling. We'll be we'll be right back. Let's uh we'll come back and we'll reconvene. Let's let him calm down for a moment. Alright, we're back. He was just barking because he found the the laser pointer. Yeah, he found it. It was in he, the It wasn't even on. We weren't even playing with it. He just found it. He knows what it looks like. And he was pissed because it's dead and we have no way to charge the battery yeah. right now. So he is So he's satiated in some way. He's thoroughly upset, but we he's been satiated for now. Or in the midst of this crazy story. The beast will rise just like the one that's in Crowley, yeah. you know? Yeah, Karanzan. So, yeah, we left off. He was just uh, making fun of uh, Crowley's guardian angel hardcore. He was saying, oh, what an idiot. What, a, what an idiot, stupid guy. What a butthole. Finally, Karanzan, still possessing uh, Crowley, disrobed and attempted to attack Neuberg. Oh? So naked, naked Crowley jumping at him. Oh? But Neuberg pulled out his magical dagger. Because he also had one. And he thwarted the attempt, okay? So the now nude, possessed Crowley, again, took the form of the aforementioned woman, trying to seduce him. Because, you know, Crowley's now naked. And he's like, oh, I'm just a sexy naked woman now. Of course, though. Yeah. Uh, So when this didn't work, Karanzan, possessing Crowley's body, began begging to be released so he could get his, uh, you know, clothes that he had thrown just outside of the Triangle of Evocation. Yeah, so he yeah. started to get a little ashamed. Put me back on. Put my clothes <laughs> back on. It's so cold in the desert. My pee-pee's out. So when Neudberg remained resolute, Karanzan admitted defeat and left Crowley, who was now nude and huddled into a ball in the middle of the Algerian desert. So it's a Saturday afternoon. That, that is a fun just mental image, I guess. No, it is. I'm in. I'm into it. Yeah. So Crowley arose having achieved passing through the 10th Aether, okay? Knowing truly in his heart that he was now the prophet of Thelema. Okay. Isn't that fun? Well, that's crazy, you know, 10th Aether, congrats. Crowley was on top of the fucking world at this time, okay? So he used uh, used the growing notoriety and recent magical workings to his advantage. In this magazine, you know, the Equinox, the, like, super thick, 
the Equinox. He uh, he began publishing Golden Dawn ceremonies and their effects, which was very legally compromising due to the weird fact that magical oaths of secrecy were legally binding at this point in history. Oh, God. Yeah, this, right? This is a legal contract now. <laughs> Fuck. And also Samuel Mathers had copywritten or copyrighted these ceremonies. Oh, man. So, yeah. He's in for it now. Yeah, Mathers sued Crowley. And the legal ride was fucking wild. And the tabloids had a great time with it, as you could imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's fair. So despite uh, the almost constant mockery of the whole ordeal uh, from basically the whole world, because... That's who was reading about this. It, literally everybody. Uh, membership of Crowley's Magical Order actually skyrocketed due to this lawsuit. All fucking, uh, what do they say? No press is bad press. Yeah, pretty much. It's, yeah. I, I was going to say the opposite of that, like where it's like, you know, any press is good press, but it's the same principle. It's you the know? same thing. It's just worded different. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good way to go about it, you know? There you if go. If people hate you enough, they're definitely looking into you because they want to hate you more. Exactly. And guess what? Mathers fucking lost the lawsuit. Oh. Yeah. And the stories about Crowley just kept coming in the in the, in the the news, you know? Like they said, in the nude. In the nude. Like, okay, nude <laughs> stories. Well, he's nude enough to, for that to be, you know, assumed. But most of them were snarky, but still, you know? Uh, in 1910, Crowley was performing magical rituals uh, that were open to the public every Wednesday for uh, for two months straight. Really? Which strangely garnered positive theatrical reviews, like specifically reviews in the theater section of newspapers. Isn't that fun? That is that's that's interesting. I like that. I'm, I'm magical I'm kind theater. Of on that now. Yeah. It's, it's it's sort of like theater. It's just magic. And it's, it's just, you know, sort of different. You know, it's just you assume it's magic. And, it's sex magic. And then it is. That's the magic of it. It's just live porn. It's just yeah. live porn a lot of the time. <laughs> it's literally just a guy getting loads put into his ass and he's like, "It's magic." He's like, "It is done." <laughs> when you really uh, when you take a step back and analyze it, it's it just sounds somehow ridiculously hilarious yeah a lot of the time at at like the public things he would just kind of like commence orgies of like women and men around him while he had like a snake around his neck and shit and he was like saying some poetry yeah that's normal right that's not like you know a strange thing to see so he wasn't doing the end everybody uh, come here and let's all have sex in a pile that doesn't sound (laughs) in front of these reporters and general public Orgies are one of those things, like, before you're old enough to fully comprehend sex, but, it, like, the idea of it is enticing, you know? Like, you don't quite understand it yet. You're like, I don't get the, the ins and the outs, uh, for lack of a better term. You know, like, the end. You just don't know the means Yeah, you're yet. like, I know that people want it, and I know that I want it, but I'm not even sure how it works. That's, like, the only time period where I feel like orgies sound like a good idea. Yeah. Because probably then, you once know. you actually understand how it works, you're like this just it's this is not what like, I there's want. There's so many factors to worry about. Like you know, they make it look so funny, like it's a pile of bodies. So it's like, who's even having sex? You know, you're just kind of like naked, flopping around on people. You're like, hey, yeah, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna noodle my way yeah, over to yeah. this guy and see if he wants some. I'm gonna take a water break. You want to go with me? Yeah, it's like so. What if they they're like, no, nah, I'm I'm already occupied. You're like, well, I'm the only one in here not getting laid, so uh. 
I'm just going to beat off in the middle of all you You go drink Powerade in my fucking full socks and shoes, but I'm nude otherwise. Yeah, orgies are fucking weird, man. I don't get it. Yeah. However, not all of the uh, Crowley reviews were positive. Okay, that so, th- so the theater, they love him, but everything else, it seemed bad. Mathers had gotten in contact with a publication called The Looking Glass uh, that did an, a little extensive expose on Crowley's life, according to Sam Mathers. Okay. Dead babies, adultery, homosexual relations, and all. So all, all the stuff, it was all out there. Wow, um, if you mash all those together, that's a crazy headline. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the title. Uh, so, uh, you know, those mentioned in the articles, you know, along, or the article, like, along with Crowley, like, the people whose names were also mentioned, uh, due to the association with a gay man, sued for libel and bad reputation. Okay. Right? So, uh, but Crowley honestly kind of enjoyed the attention and, and denied exactly zero of the allegations. He was just like, yeah, keep it coming. You keep know, why coming, not? baby. It was uh, because of this homosexual accusation uh, that, uh, you know, Crowley lost a good chunk of his followers as well as students just because the world knew he was gay. The whole world. The entire world. And now people are just like, well, I can't be, like, associated with this guy. Yeah. It's just how it was back then. Uh, So let's see. This didn't bother Crowley too much because most of his attention at this time was placed in his new female counterpart, Mary Dusty Sturges. That's a cool fucking name. Isn't it? Sounds like she works at a dive bar. She sounds like she's a character in like Red Dead Redemption, you know? Just yeah. some old fucking like badass cowgirl. It really is the Dusty that, that does it. I See, for me, it's the Sturges. That just seems like... It's all of it. Sturges. It's, it's everything. I'm Don Sturgis. Don Sturgis. You could be anything. This is my wife, Mary Dusty Sturgis. You could be an outlaw. <laughs> it's like, whoa, dude. You could be an astronaut. You could do anything in between. You could do anything with a name like that. Yeah. Well, apparently when the first two engaged in sex magic, uh, Mary saw a vision of a bearded man with a wand. Dumbledore? So, yeah, I think so. I think it may have been. Or Merlin, maybe. No, it was Dumbledore. It was dude. probably Dumbledore. Um so these visions continued, and Crowley and Sturges eventually wrote a book together called Book Four, uh, which contained <laughs> many uh, many messages from the Secret Chiefs, including, uh, but not limited to, the importance of yoga, insights on mysticism, and incredibly anti-Semitic notions such as Jews killed Christian babies to make matzah out of their blood for Sunday. You know. So that's a bit of a, a misstep there, wouldn't you say? Just another connection to Bill Schnobelin. I'm pretty certain I've seen that exact article on the website where we originally found Bill Snowden. Yeah, I think like I, <laughs> Bill Snowden probably loves book four. That's something that I'm pretty certain I've come across. And at least it, it just, whoever's writing it is completely unironic in the fact that they're writing it. Yeah, they're just like, no, yeah, that's how they make the matzo. There's the like, guys uh, at the party that are really? like, wait, you didn't know that? You're like, no, I'm sorry, I didn't know that there And then were... they follow you around like, you I can't know. believe you didn't know that. <laughs> that guy doesn't know that Jews kill Christian babies and eat them. It's like, okay, okay, yeah. It's like, okay, where where am I? What is this setting? <laughs> Sit down. This is just a housewarming party? Fuck you guys. Sit down, Sturgis. You're done. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that, that happened. Uh, well, it's 1912 now. And you know what that means? The book of the law hits the shelves. Okay? Book of the law. 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 That's, that's how I... The book of the law. The book of the law. 
Uh, and along with it was a book Crowley had written called The Book of Lies. Oh. All right. Don't get him confused now. Don't get it twisted. I know how very, very similar those are, but they're very different books. <laughs> So the book of the lies, uh, the book, book, of uh, lie. book of the lie, book of lies, is book, book of, of lies. The book of lies um, uh, caught the attention of the Ordo Templi Orientis, or the OTO, a sex magic based magical order. Okay, this caught the eye of the leaders of that. Um, the main thing about the OTO is that they claim to, through their practice, be able to access all secrets of magic. You know, like the structures of religion and the symbology of Freemasons, all of it. As well as card tricks. As and well as card tricks. Rabbit wrap it out of a hat. How did you get that quarter in and out of my ear? They're like, we get it all, man. We know everything, bitch. <laughs> well, so apparently the it caught their eye because in the Book of Lies, Crowley published a well-kept secret of the OTO. And it was the secret of the ninth degree. Oh. Okay, I don't know what Uh-oh. that is. But... Uh, the leader of the OTO at the time was fucking pissed, okay? He thought Crowley was telling the secrets of his secret society just as he had done with the Golden Dawn in that lawsuit earlier, you know? Stop telling the secrets, He's bitch. Like, why are you just talking all the time? So he arranged a meeting with Crowley. And it was quickly realized, however, that Crowley had never even heard of the OTO, and he had simply come across the information through intuition and practice. Oh, yeah, So he just course. came across these supposedly crazy secrets well yeah i mean obviously he would never admit that that's not how it happened no, you know no, never never uh the two then began discussing sex magic and crowley actually introduced the magical powers held within the butthole sex magic and that created a new grade in the oto called the 11th grade which oh. crowley named it the 11th grade because 11 looks like two penises <laughs> the juniors <laughs> oh god <laughs> Uh, Crowley then became the head of the British OTO, just immediately. <laughs> just immediately. It's like you're you're in, you're fucking in, dude. You're in charge. Uh, so while the, while in this position, he headed magic sex orgies on the regular. Yeah, on the reg, he's just a sex magic the guy. Sex magic guy, you know, it's no big deal. Yeah, but one ritual. He did during, well, one series of rituals, let's call it that, a series of rituals that he did during this period uh, would finally solidify his place in history, but cause Neuberg to go legitimately insane. Oh, now? Just, yeah. The, just now? Just now, yeah. It was called the Paris Working. Was okay. This series of rituals. So, we know that Neuberg was in love with Crowley after that fateful night in the desert. Yeah, it's right? a steamy, passionate love dump. Yeah, he's like, oh, I love you so much. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Neuberg, recognizing their, uh, you know, the relationship was strictly magical, uh, began seeing other women. This sex is strictly magical and nothing else. <laughs> Imagine saying that. I only have sex with you for magic. <laughs> I don't, it's like, oh, how devastating. I don't love you. I don't like you. I don't enjoy it. But God damn it, if it isn't magic, that's what this is all about. <laughs> it's strictly magical. Uh, but fucking with this guy. So so Neudberg actually just started seeing a woman, okay? Sadly, this woman apparently committed suicide after suicide. Crowley it's disapproved suicide. of them. Crowley just disapproved of their relationship and she killed herself. Supposedly. This right. is how Neudberg sees it. Uh, so that's the mental state of Neudberg going into this ritual. Okay, so not the, not the best. The whole goal of the pair's working was to uh, invoke the gods Jupiter and Mercury 
to inspire writing ability in and grow the bank account of Crowley. Oh, of course. You know? Why not? Yeah. So this ritual involved getting insanely stoned on... I just said stoned. They just said fucked up on drugs. Any sort of drugs. I don't know what they were doing. Whatever Um, they could, man. Insanely... uh, Crazy. They got crazy. And then commenced uh, in hours-long orgies. Including Crowley bottoming. Which he referred to as the sacrament. He so he's got to, all sorts of names for this now. This is when he started calling himself the town square, you know? There we go. This is just the busiest, busiest intersection in the, in the area. <laughs> it's always jammed up. Uh, so Crowley then took Neuberg, who was dancing wildly, you know, just that's what you do, uh, cut a cross over his heart with a knife, uh-huh. uh, right. wrapped a heavy chain around his head and face, and bottoms for him again while the others in the orgy began chanting magical incantations. Because everyone came at this point. It's like almost done. Do but now again. here's Neuberg, all chain-wrapped in the face, and he has to fuck, uh, you know, Crowley. And I'm sure Neuberg already came as well. You know, it's, it's a diff- difficult does, situation. He not believe in this shit. He's like, I just love fucking ass. <laughs> and that's why I'm here, you know? And this guy just asks for it, literally. This guy literally just brings me around the world and just wants me to fuck his ass. And I'm, it's a win-win for I'm me. I'm just here for it, you know? Uh, unfortunately, Neuberg wasn't able to come oh. at this final pivotal moment. He probably probably due to the recent tragedies and the ritual failed uh, its first attempt. Or... I wouldn't even say recent tragedies, or the fact that he probably just came like less than five minutes That's ago. That's what I'm saying, dude. He probably came too. Poor guy, you know. How dare he? Poor guy. Should have had one of those, uh, you know, like, what they say, like those, uh, the cock rings or whatever they're called. Yeah. I I don't get it, but, you know, maybe if you were that, longer. he would have at least stayed, uh, stayed that ex- up. That extends you lasting longer, I thought. I don't know. Yeah, it does. Know it does so- do. I'm supposed to do something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Well,. Uh, but when the group tried the ritual again the next day, Neuberg was able to come, and he came so fucking much. Gross. Right? A lot. And uh, Crowley then... Oodles of Oodles of cum. <laughs> oodles. Like ramen noodles. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, the next day, they did it again. Neuberg was able to come, and Crowley then uh, claimed to have spoken with Mercury. Who, in so many words, told Crowley of the magical importance and the power of cum. So it's just a lot of, it's it's a constant feedback machine. Man, you know? so the, the combination of drugs and anal sex really paint a different picture of the world. Right? Yeah, I'm a little confused. So when you say Mercury. Oh, the planet, of the course. God. Of course, Mitch. Of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the planet and the god. Not like the liquid metal shit. That'll kill you. No, he wasn't talking to, like, a, an element or an alloy or whatever that is. I don't know what it is, but he wasn't that. No, it was a god. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he only talks to you if you, you know, get a load in your butt and you're on drugs. That's the only way. Yeah, like... You, <laughs> it's it's the only way. It sounds like you want to do this, Grant. It's a cover charge. It's like when you go to, like, you know... Crowley sells it really well. Dude, um, he does. He really is painting the image of weird orgies with the strangest people on the planet in the, in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's a good time, you know? It's a good time. Seems like it, yeah. Nowadays, it just seems dangerous. <laughs> it's always been dangerous. <laughs> no, they oh. were all well-behaved back then, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, so well-behaved. From this experience, uh, Crowley would write the book of the high magic art, as well as the esoteric record. Oh. He wrote two books about it, from just that little experience with Mercury. 
Okay, okay. Cool. So, Crowley also felt it was imperative that he be sexually humiliated for about six weeks or so. Uh, for some reason. And Crowley was being fucked in the ass left and right by multiple different people participating in the rituals for six weeks. Okay. Right. So he's going... He's he's, he's doing it. He's fucking in. All right? Um, so as one might guess, Neuberg was a bit pissed. But, you know... Uh, he was just not in the best headspace. Uh, so, I mean, he, he loved Crowley, right? So he was just made to watch countless people fuck the shit out of this guy that he supposedly loves. Yeah, it's, it's be not going to It's not going to be good on your, you know, on mental health. your psyche health or yeah. anything. You know? Nothing's that's, good out of this. That's no good, man. On top of this, Crowley had uh, come down with a cold during this time. And the two factors of him being sick and, like, uh, Neuberg being all pissed around the ritual... These two factors presented a problem for the magical workings of the ritual. All right? Oh, no. I know. And eventually, an entity appeared and informed them that their tainted magical setting due to sickness and anger would cause international war. Oh, fuck. And guess what happened a fucking few months later? World War One. Yes. It happened, dude. They it's were... some real magic. Literally, the, the world fought each other because... Aleister Crowley was sick, and he didn't get the right cum. There you go. That's all. It wasn't cum the, is so powerful. It wasn't the Franz Ferdinand, you know, shooting. It was uh, the, the the load that nobody saw because you know it didn't happen. If only you would have been fucking milked Neuberg, everybody would have been fine. It's true. Mustard gas wouldn't have ever been an issue. Yeah, I think uh, maybe uh, Neuberg was a monogamy guy. Yeah. Very monogamy guy. You know, to be in practice like this and to be a monogamy guy, set yourself up for failure, kid. Yeah, when you everything know? revolves around sex magic, good luck, man. Good luck. Set up to fail, Mitchell. Uh, so strangely enough, during these multiple rituals, somewhere in the, in the middle there, Crowley was shown his own limits by the very magic he practiced. All right? So during one of these rituals, it was revealed to him that the ultimate power... You know, the ultimate, most powerful sexual act in sex magic uh, was the ritualistic rape, murder, and dismemberment of a virgin. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just, that's standard okay. procedure, you know? I guess, it seems. But uh, but Crowley did not do this. Oh. Claiming that he, even he had his limits. Well, he just doesn't want to be a magician. The most wicked then. man in the world has his limits, okay? Take that home. I like how he's the most wicked man in the world when he didn't even do that. And then, like, years later, people would just do that for fun and not even try magically. Like, I just like raping and killing people. No, yeah, it's fucked. People have changed since. that. Maybe maybe Crowley infected cum itself as an idea, and then serial killers are the reaction to that. Uh, maybe. Or, like, the uptick in it, you know. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. There we go. Well... Well, let's see. Yeah, he didn't want to do that. So he didn't. And uh, and finally, Neuberg had a nervous breakdown, landing him in a sanitarium for a period of time. Finally. Yeah, right? It seems like a lot's been built. Uh, he then uh, annulled his membership and cut ties with Crowley. Interesting. Self-growth. There he you goes. Know? He's learning. There you go. He's like, this is all bullshit. This guy just likes it in the butt. He hates me. Why don't I see that? So Crowley then cursed Neuberg <laughs> as if he wasn't having enough problems. Uh, Crowley cursed Neuberg and, uh, and you know, 
Though he would uh, go on to get married and settle down, Neuberg, that is, he was never the same after the rituals over those six weeks. Never the same. Never the same. So as for the rituals in the Paris workings, they worked, supposedly. Crowley ended up with 500 pounds in opium, and his new book came out. <laughs> so, so he was like, oh, guys, it fucking worked. That's, that's all it takes, I guess. That's all you need. You just need opium, about 500 bucks, and a book. That didn't sell well. The, down t- you know, the downside to all this, however, was the fact that Neuberg was gone. And he had been funding almost everything Crowley had been doing for years. Because, as you remember, he fucking ran out of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 500 Bones, he's just like, all right, this is good, but I really need these books to sell. Which they did. I really wish it was 5 million. (laughs) (laughs) And despite his newfound notoriety and position in the OTO, and even the money and the drugs that he had acquired, Crowley's books were still not selling leaving him poor and somewhat directionless. All right. How We've sad. all been there. Uh, he then attempted to climb Conchinjunga again Conchinjunga. for a second time, you know, and when in the midst of this expedition. That's when World War One broke out. So it just happened while he was training to, to climb the mountain again. Strangely enough, Crowley offered his assistance to his country of England by offering up his magical abilities and even trying to enlist just as a regular soldier. And they laughed at him both times. Sort of. <laughs> they they the sort of did. We'd yeah. rather lose than have you be on our team, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was rejected due to his uh, reputation and his age. He was, like, approaching 40. And uh, and blood clots in his legs. You know what's so, funny? <laughs> so I'm not going to use names, but we... Uh, we everyone in this room has met or knows personally an individual that sounds just like this, but with a war that happened about a hundred years later. Yeah, Mitch, you you haven't moved yet, but you know exactly who I'm talking about. Blood clots. Not the blood clot thing. Not the blood clot thing. They. I'll, we'll explain it after the show. We'll <laughs> we just gonna give on. hints. To yeah, Mitch. we'll just continue on. <laughs> All right, so he had blood clots. He was old, and he was fucking uh, he had bad reputation. Crowley was somewhat distraught at this denial, and so he moved back to New York in the U.S. for the second time. Back to New York. New York, New York City. York. Yeah. He sailed there on a ship, and that ship was later sank on the journey back to Europe. Of Isn't that course, fun? He you know, in it. the probably in the war. He ruined it all. Yeah. Crowley arrived, and he had like $200 and a piece of paper claiming his magical rank. That's all he had. That's it? That's all he had. That's it? <laughs> it's it. Well, uh, he loves it in the butt. He probably makes some money off that. Well, that, big city, yeah, come on. Big city, big shitty, you know what I mean? There we go. Oh. oh That's an anal joke. This one's full of <laughs> anal jokes. No, it's lie. chock full of it. Come? are you kidding me? Come and anal. That's like the topic of the day. Yeah. Well... Crowley attempted to keep his full-time magic situation going, but uh, you know he, he was he was like hosting parties uh, where he'd like guess people's birthdays and birth hours and things. And apparently, he was right like most of the time, but despite this, no one uh, really took him seriously in America at all. Uh, yeah, everyone like, that he ev- got right, he was related to. He just <laughs> asked. <laughs> He's like, hey, what's your birthday? All right, cool. Watch this. Guys, I'm going to guess his birthday. 
It's like they're all going to think I can do it. Idiots. Fucking idiots. So, he had these parties. No one really took it seriously. Though it was kind of impressive. I would be impressed by that. Uh, Crowley was then, uh, he was then forced to take his first job at the age of 39. Oh, boo fucking who. Now he has to work. And, you know what his job was? It was a writer for a pro-German pamphlet called The Fatherland. All right. So he's like writing for Germany. And supposedly the main goal of the Fatherland publication was to keep the U.S. from entering the war. Though Crowley twisted this all around in all sorts of ways. Kind of. You know, he, he, was, he was writing anti-British propaganda. But claimed that he was like working for the British by writing his sections in such a far-reaching and outlandish way. That it actually helped the U.S. into the war. That's what he said happened. <laughs> but I think he may have just needed money. I'm still trying to grab grasp uh, what the fuck he meant by that. Yeah, you that's kinda, some ass backwards fucking. You, don't, you never know which way this guy's going. Yeah, this guy has no plan at all. He's just like, check this. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right, so Crowley, unsurprisingly, never stopped doing magic at this time. Right, so when he couldn't summon a woman to do ma- like sex magic with, as he'd done in the past in Europe and all that stuff, he simply used his fatherland money to use sex workers for his rituals. I thought you were going to say he used his father, and I was like, "Oh my Jake, god, no. no, his fatherland is Germany." He's like, "I just have a job so I could buy hookers and do magic." You know, it's what everyone does. <laughs> it's uh, you know what, do you, man? That's New York, man. Come on, that's New York. Yeah, he used sex workers for these rituals, and none of them had any idea what the fuck was going on. And I, based on you know just sex workers, I don't, I hardly think that they cared. No, they like did. what was happening. You like know? whatever, you got money. Exactly, it's all it is. So Crowley also opened up uh, the first chapter of the OTO in America. Isn't that exciting? It's exciting. It's exciting, and because of this, he granted himself the title Magus. Mages. Yeah, putting him on kind of the same level as like Jesus Christ or like Muhammad. Yeah. Or similar prophets, you know. He was like, I'm a prophet now. So with this new rank, he decided it was about time for another magical retirement and went to New Hampshire this time. He has a great time in New Hampshire. Okay? Really? He has... That's <laughs> the least... first time for anybody. No, see, <laughs> when I tell you this, you'll realize this is... This is this guy having a little bit of fun. So when there, he captured a frog. Okay. Right? And he adorned it with gold and frankincense and myrrh. All right. And then he baptized it, giving it the name Jesus. Jesus H. Frog. He, yeah. He made a fr- he turned a frog into Jesus. And that's how Kermit got his first television show. <laughs> oh, God. John Henson, he wants you to believe he wrote it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Kermit wrote it. Kermit, the puppet, wrote it. So, um, yeah, he, he named this frog Jesus, and then he released it, okay? And he followed the frog around, frog Jesus, around all day. And then he captured it again at night and began speaking to the frog as if it was Jesus himself. Hey, man, how you doing? Tell me about that <laughs> How you doing? How do you, how do you get a job like that? Can I, can I like, help you? I could be an assistant. I'll take over while you're Assistant busy. to our Lord? I'm an assistant <laughs> Jesus. That's all you need, okay? <laughs> no, I didn't uh he didn't ask about job opportunities. He just more yelled at him about his childhood experiences with religion. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes kinda of more Fitting, sense. I guess, yeah. That guy. Yeah. Crowley then literally crucified the frog and ate its legs so to obtain the power of Jesus. 
Oh, that's it's that simple. It's that simple. You just got to pierce the side of it with the 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 spear there. Yep. Crucify him for a little bit, and then just eat his legs. I don't remember the Romans eating Jesus's legs. You don't remember that? No, I can't say I do. Psalms eight seventeen. <laughs> and <laughs> we devoured his <laughs> legs psalm, yeah. with salt and garlic powder. Yeah, so uh, he ate Jesus in the form of a frog. Well, whatever magical... I don't know what was supposed to happen, but whatever magical thing was supposed to happen uh, worked, apparently. Because when Crowley got back to New York, he was approached by a young woman who wanted to be his assistant. Okay. And this was a woman whose appearance, Crowley says, remarkably resembled frog Jesus. How is that? Isn't that just insulting? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know which one. I gotta yeah, see the lady. Is it insulting the frog Jesus or like, the woman? You look like a dead frog. I know. It's like that's I, super shitty. Didn't man. I crucify <laughs> you as a frog last week? I ate your legs. <laughs> I know your face. So still, Crowley was in a bit of a magical lull. Now he's going crazy out there. After this, you know, he, he uh, a lot of the people in America weren't you know picking up what he was putting down. And so he set off for New Orleans. He's going all around America. Hitting up the Louisiana. Louisiana. This is where he tried his hand at writing a novel. A fiction piece, you know, not like a magical text or like book of poetry. He's like, I'm going to write a fucking, uh, a fun story. It was called Moonchild. Moonchild. Yeah, and he had imbued the story with real magical practices. Apparently Moonchild was about like a detective who solved crime using the principles of Thelema. Uh, that's kind of interesting, though. It's kind of cool. Not going to lie, that's a bit interesting. Yeah. It's also a King Crimson song. Damn right it is. Fuck yeah, dude. You're not wrong. No. King. Uh, so apparently, what happened here? Moonchild. Apparently Moonchild's about the detective, the leave and all that. Also at this time, more specifically on May 16th of 1917, Crowley's mother died. Oh, She's dead. Man. He didn't really give a shit. He, he didn't really like her. Uh, he had apparently dreamt that this would happen two nights previous. But in any case, you know, he didn't care. Uh, like, oh, thank God. Finally. <laughs> she's gone. But what he did care about was the fact that his mother had left him uh, 3,000 pounds in her nice. will. And that was roughly in today's money, like 120-something thousand dollars. All right. So he, he's back in it a little bit. Not as much, but he's back. Yeah, he's pretty good. But it hadn't kicked in yet, you know. And before he could get this money, the leader of the OTO in England that he had left there, you know, uh, was arrested for fraudulent ritual magic. Fraudulent magic. Fraudulent fraudulent ritual magic in a sex magic, uh, you know, like uh, group of people. Would that just be like wearing a condom? Yeah. Because that's... Cut, that's Fake dick, maybe. Yeah, he, could, he didn't want to do it anymore, so he just wore a strap on. And it was like, no, that's cheating. You're wrong. That's unlawful. It's like, you shut up, shut up. No dildos allowed. <laughs> he used a dildo on me. Fingers, How toes, depraved. tongues, and penis. That's all we allow here. <laughs> so, yeah, fraudulent uh, uh, ritual magic. He was arrested for this. So, Crowley then made his way back to England to address the charges with his fellow OTO n- uh, member. But... Uh, was made to sell Bullskin to fund the trip because, again, the money hadn't kicked in. Okay. And legal expenses. He helped with that. So when Crowley returned to America, however, he was promoted to chief editor at a different pro-German pamphlet where he had been working also. 
and he used the platform to publish uh, his own writings on, on you know, magic and stuff. And he continued the tales of the detective. Uh, that oh, character, he would do like little, you know, uh, little, little uh, short stories, I guess. I don't know. Of Moonchild, yeah. Under He did this all under a pseudonym. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All the while still performing sex magic with various sex workers. I like that. It just makes sense. He's He's kind of killing it. You know? He's Compared to a lot of the other points in his life, he's like, I'm just kind of living in New York and doing my thing. He's definitely enjoying somebody in the world's dream, you know? That's true. Even if it's not his exactly, somebody out there is like, I wish. Yeah. I yeah. wish. So he's doing this. Uh, it's, uh, some of these women, like Crowley's sex magic partners in the past, uh, they began having magical visions, which was promising in Crowley's eyes. But... The International, which was the publication that he had been made the chief editor of, shut down, and Crowley lost his job and cut all the ties with the Sex Magic Partners before moving to Hyde Park, New York. Which okay. is kind of like a, a spacious area, you know, nothing like the city. Yeah, it's a private place for magic. Private place. So in Hyde Park, uh, Crowley went on another magical retirement wherein he decided that he'd, uh, you know, been focusing on sex magic a bit too much. He's like, I may have been, like, doing this a bit overboard, you know? So he naturally did an insane amount of drugs and meditated all day in and out. Fair enough. And uh, (laughs) so (laughs) local farmers uh, around the the new spot where they were literally keeping him alive during this. Uh, They they kept, like, making deliveries of food and, like, essentials, like, almost every day. They were weirdly nice to him for some reason. But maybe that's the magic. Maybe that's the magic working for him. You never know. You know, uh, it was uh, you know it was it was while this baby man was getting sloshed on drugs and meditating, and being taken care of by you know concerned total strangers, that he discovered his love for painting. Just like Hitler, he's becoming a painter. Yes, yeah, just like Hitler. He's the most famous painter I've ever heard of. <laughs> he kind of is, <laughs> in a way. Not for that, maybe, but yeah. So his, his paintings are insane. You got to look them up. Not right now, but you right now listening. Yeah, you look it up. But do it. Yeah. So Crowley, he then returned to New York in 1919, where he continued uh, with his sex magic and painting. Right before moving back to England to live with his aunt about a year later, because the money left to Crowley by his mother still had not kicked in. He still didn't have any of this fucking money. And it was during this time that Crowley's asthma and, you know, bronchitis, they were starting to get a little bad. So we went to the doctor. Oh, okay. Right? He's like, I'm living at my aunt's house. I'm going to the doctor. I'm in England. Guess what he was prescribed? I know. I mean, I know what it Mitch, is. Mitch, what do you think he was prescribed? Can I spoil it for you, Mitch? Yeah. It's heroin. It's heroin. Oh, really? He was prescribed heroin for his asthma and bronchitis. And this was the beginning of the end. Yeah, this is the... If you, the beginning of the end, and it is the end of that information for this episode. If you can pinpoint a time where the downfall of Aleister Crowley began, uh, I mean, obviously there's several runner-ups, but this is definitely the, the top top prize. I mean, he didn't start out, like, good. No, no, but no, no, this no. was this is what made it happen. Yeah, this is where the the, <laughs> the slippery slope downwards uh, begins. I know in a lot of your guys' eyes, he probably was he never really had anywhere to go but but down 
further than he already was. But it will happen, you know. It's oh, not just going you wait for else. the hope. I no, it's going to be the final episode next week. No, it will. It, the it might final be, <laughs> might be a little Crowley. extended because we might uh, end up, you know, having a little conversation about some like magic things like that. Things, um, yeah. But before we get to any of that, we're going to wrap up his little tale, and then we can uh, finally rest. We can finally not have to worry about him being in our minds ever again. Unless you're into sex magic, then you'll always be thinking about him. Hey, man. Like I said, man, he he was he was uh, turned on to sex magic, and it seemed to have just come through the information and infested us. So it did. Was sex magic a thing before Crowley? Yeah, the OTO was like a entire group of people dedicated to like sex magic. Yeah, that's why. Well, that's was, mostly what they practice. Yeah. That's why he was such a big fan at the beginning. You know, he was like, like "What oh, the fuck? You cool. just found this out? You guys like what I like? So I Jesus created Christ. it, though. You didn't, bitch. <laughs> just but stealing things. With all that, that's effectively our part four for Mister Crowley. It truly is. Yeah. So uh, we're you, powering through. We're I know. powering through. It we're just, gonna hit it just the five slides hour on mark. by. Isn't that crazy? We're I got to the, the end of my notes. I was like, "What already? So many hours." Of just this guy. That doesn't... It's going to be five hours. Yeah. At least five hours. It's a very in-depth thing. But, I, uh, you know, we'll be back. We're going to wrap it up. In-depth, you say. And, um, yeah, and next week's Thanksgiving, so fucking eat up, y'all. Enjoy some yeah. grubbage, uh, if that's, like, your thing. I don't know what you're all about. But most people in this country are probably going to be eating on that day, so... I would say if you're in America and it's ne- it happens to be a week from yesterday, uh, well, I guess if you're listening, that doesn't really help you, does it? I don't know. It man. would be uh, the 25th, I believe, right? <laughs> you just do some math. It is. It's the, the November 25th. Um, eat some fucking food, you yeah. know, and just kick it, enjoy it, just live it up. Much like Neuberg's penis in in Crowley's asshole, you just got to muzzle load some food into your face. The Macy's yeah. Day Parade is also happening, so you can enjoy that while you... Yeah. yeah. Slip in that gravy. Ooh. Slip in the gravy. Slip in the gravy and roll oh, it yeah. on your balls, bitch. Well, we are starting a cult that's grand up. Jake and Mitch was here. Yes. We are all talking about coming a bunch of stuff, but you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, you know, we got our YouTube. And analcum.com. There we go. Look that up. <laughs> and uh, fucking start, start a cult at gmail.com. You got to email us. Uh, you got to do it. You have to, actually. You have to do that. Yeah, and, you have uh, to if you want to be. It's really easy to join this cult. You just got to, like, follow us on everything. And that's, I mean, pretty much it. Just listen. You're in. That's it. It's all yeah. it takes. And there's the Patreon down below, of course. We just recorded an episode for that yesterday. Yes, and it's we up did. fresh hot for the patrons. Oh, yeah. So go on down there. We'll give you a shirt. We'll give you anything you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll literally send you clumps of our hair. I don't care. I think that was an early thing that we tried to do. I, like, shaved your head. It was like, you guys want Grant's hair? And I don't like, think we had any following at No, we all. did. We had one guy that was like, yeah, that'd be funny. Then I thought about it and I was like, I don't know if I like that my DNA will be in some stranger's <laughs> possession. You don't like it? Um, maybe I'll give you like some clumps. I got like rope here. We'll just send him like Navi hair or something. Yeah, you guys can have some Navi hair. I got hair. enough of that on my fucking sweatshirt. That'd be cool. Yeah. But we will be back. We love you guys very much and have a great uh, holiday and uh, I love you all. Yeah, I also love you all in the holiday stuff Grant said.
bananas. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 